Hello, welcome to another episode of She's at the Wheel Van Life Podcast. How are you? I am so good. I'm so pleased I moved into my van. I'm just having a fantastic time. So just a little update on how things are going. So I've officially moved out of my house now. I went round to see a friend for dinner and she was like, why are you still in that house? why are you still renting it? It's ridiculous. So I got my shit together. I got all my stuff. Basically, all my stuff was in so many different people's houses. So I got all my stuff together in the room and I spent a few days just sorting through everything I own, throwing away as much as possible or giving away as much as possible. This was quite an emotional and intense thing to do. I mean, it sounds obvious, but I really wasn't expecting it to be a painful process. I was expecting to feel amazing but I did feel pain from letting go of all these possessions and I almost felt like I died and I was giving away all my stuff and that was really interesting because I wasn't expecting that. I put loads of stuff on Facebook marketplace and was just like it's all free come and get it and loads of stuff was gone and then I just went through everything I own and just tried to get it down to as small as possible and I ended up with a pile of stuff that can fit in my mum's house in a cupboard. It takes up about half the cupboard and that is everything I own apart from what's in the van so I was really pleased with that and now I'm at a point where I'm starting to feel really good about the fact that I don't have all that stuff like the painful kind of letting go is gone and now I'm just obsessed with getting rid of things Because when I moved into the van and out of the house completely, the van was absolutely chock-a-block and every time I opened the cupboard, something would fall on me and it was so ridiculous and really exhausting. So I just started really sorting through the van and like getting rid of anything that wasn't completely necessary. And now I've started to, I've started doing basically every day I'm getting rid of something in the van that I don't actually need. And I thought this was going to be difficult, but to be honest, I found something every day easily that doesn't have to be in here so that's been so amazing it's been such an incredible process and I'm starting to realize the significance of what I've done and how it's going to change my life and how it already has changed my life and I feel this like sense of inner peace that I've never had before and I just feel like I'm actually living the kind of life that I want to live oh my god I'm gonna get emotional (laughs) I'm just really so at peace and I'm feeling like oh thank god with my time on earth I did something like this because it's just been beautiful and I'm so excited about the months ahead and I'm feeling so calm and I'm just eliminating all these unnecessary things and just focusing on the basics and good company and it is just yeah it just feels great. So it's all going very well. I've been parking up in different places and it's been working really well. I've been going to a swimming pool for my morning swim and a shower and then right next to the swimming pool there's a park and ride so I can go to the swimming pool and then um, get the bus into town and go busking and make a little bit of money. I'm just really enjoying my lifestyle at the moment. With busking I only do that like a few days a week and then I've got like a few days to play with so that's been amazing. So like I think it was last week I went to Bude for a few days and I stayed up at Widmouth Bay because it's such a beautiful spot. It's like right up on the top of a cliff and you can see for miles and the sun sets over the water there's always people up there in vans and it's really friendly and you can chat to loads of people and um, people that are doing like the coastal path on bikes or walking so it's a really lovely little social place to be they have just put up a sign which said you can't park there but someone came in the middle of the night in a van and came and took it down so that caused a bit of a a difference of opinions on all the van dwellers that were there Some people were really happy that they'd done that and other people were like, no, we don't want to do it that way. We want to stay here and like fight it, but not in that way. And so, yeah, that was kind of interesting. I think me personally, oh, am I going to be honest here? Yeah, I'm happy that he took it down. (laughs) 
it was just a lovely little peaceful little break. Bude is a lovely place. If you haven't been, there's a sea pool there which is free to use. You can park by the canal for free in the daytime. You can feed the ducks and it's just lovely. It's just such a lovely little holiday place. So that was really nice. So that's my update. If you would like to write to me, you can email she's at the wheel at gmail.com. If you'd like to come on the podcast, if you'd like to tell your story, please do get in touch. I love to hear from you guys and it would be great to hear about your story and for other people to hear about your story as well. Before we get on to this episode's guest, which I'm very excited about, I am just going to say... I'm really excited about some of the guests that are going to be coming on the podcast and some of the subjects we're going to be talking about, especially some issues such as menopause. I've had chats with quite a few of you who would really like to talk about menopause and van life and how it is and I don't know anything about the menopause and like I think it would just be really brilliant to give it some space because it affects people so much and we don't really get taught anything about it at all. I'm just really looking forward to getting stuck into that. I'm also going to be doing a Stonehenge special episode so I'm gonna look really deeply into the history around Stonehenge and how it's been like a hub for people in vehicles, van dwellers, new age travellers and like this new generation of van lifers. We all congregate there and it's got a really special energy and I'm really interested in where it all started and when it became what it is today and also I am going to be basing myself at Stonehenge a lot so I'm going to be just walking up and down the drove chatting with people and hearing their story so I'm really looking forward to doing that as well. So The guest for this episode is Blue. After being convinced to buy an expensive modern SUV rather than a cheap old hippie van to travel around the UK, disaster struck and Blue's car suffered a catastrophic engine failure with no hope of repair. She ended up being towed to a car park in Plymouth where she was forced to live out of her car for three weeks with her cat named Dog and her pet rat Malcolm. We discussed the travels that she managed to do before everything went pear-shaped, her diagnosis and journey with ADHD and how being stranded in a car park for three weeks and being forced to live in the present may have been a blessing in disguise. Welcome to She's at the Wheel. Thank you. Hi, Ken. <laughs> it's great to be here. Thank you. And obviously, we've got another guest. Um... Yes. Yeah. Uh, a guest that I um, don't know what to say about him, apart from the fact that he pees on me regularly. Yes. yes. And so we've got Blue and we've got Blue's little friend, Malcolm, who is like the most adorable <laughs> little rat. And maybe we should start by how we met, actually. So yeah, yeah. So we met um, by me butting in. Yes, yesterday. Oh my god, was it yesterday? Yeah, I my think life is well, going too fast. Well, no, 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 no. Two days ago. Oh, two yeah, days yesterday ago. Yesterday, I didn't see you. I walked by and I didn't see your van at all. <laughs> two days ago. Yeah. Yeah. So two days ago. Um, we met in a car park, standard, and Blue was there with her little friend Malcolm, and I, I just lost my mind when I saw him, <laughs> and I got to have a lovely little cuddle, and we had a nice chat. I invited you on to the podcast so I could sit down with you and, yeah. and chat. So yeah, I'm really pleased that you're I here. I am really glad that I butted in <laughs> into yeah. the van. I just I saw the van and I thought that's just so cool, uh, and I I got to talk to people. Because I feel like uh, everybody who lives in a van, like, I'm a part of the community. So, you know, I want to talk to people, know about, like, their stories and all that. So, yeah. Um, And sometimes people don't want to talk. But I was really lucky. You were really nice. And, yeah, Jamie was really nice. So, yeah. We were with my friend Jamie. And that's the van that we were in at the time, wasn't it? Yeah. And he was on the podcast last episode, oh, actually. So this is a really good little um, good, like, yeah. transition, actually. Yeah. Um, so where are you from? Well, originally I'm from Slovakia. But even though I spent 20 years there, I just don't feel Slovak. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, yeah. but... Yeah, I'm I'm originally Slovak, but I lived um, in the UK since 2014. 
Yeah, and I just moved around a lot. My mom lives in Austria, so mm -hmm. I've uh, spent a lot of time there and yeah, just all around. You're like a multicultural person. I think so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You are in an SUV, is that correct? Yes. So what vehicle do you have? So I have a Kia Sorento, which I didn't want. And <laughs> yeah, it's... I am sad about the vehicle I have. I really am. Basically, the story is that I quit my job and moved out of the room I was renting in London. And I went back home. And see, because I left home at 15 and I was going back as a 27-year-old person... Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and I had to live with first my grandparents and then, then my mom. For me, that was just a transitionary period and it wasn't supposed to last too long. But because of COVID, it stretched into much longer than I originally planned. And I was getting very, well, I would say desperate. I wanted to leave. I wanted to be on the road by myself, living my own life, not feeling like a teenager again, where oh I have God. to clean, yeah, <laughs> I have to clean my room as my mom wants me to. Yeah. Like, also, because, you know, I've, I never really cared about cars, so I went home to do, to get my driving license and buy a car. And because I don't know anything about cars, I consulted a lot of people, you know, I talked to uh, mechanics, um, uh, hobbyists, and my uncle is like a kind of a, like a lay expert on cars because he's he's always in my mind. He was always associated with cars. He's a he's a taxi driver and he sells and he buys and he rents cars. So he, had, you know, he has a different car all the time. I thought he would be the best person to talk to. He didn't like the idea of me living in a van. And he told me I don't know anything about vans. So I tried to do it my, uh, on my own. But because I, I didn't really know what to look for. I didn't know if at a test drive, if I was in an old vehicle, I didn't know if it was supposed to oh sound like God. that. Yeah, that's, if, that's you know, tough. Yeah, all that confusion. Yeah. And it's so confusing, all the information mm. out about cars and, and what to look out for and if I, you know, what to sacrifice in order to have something else. So after months of just running myself in circles, I gave up and I called my uncle and I said, look, it doesn't have to be then. Just get me a big car. Just get me something. I just wanted to go. Yeah, something that you could sleep in. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. it didn't have to last me a lifetime. I could live in it for, for example, six months and then sell it. But I wanted something. And he uh, found this one, this car. Yeah, my car. Uh, Kia Sorento. And, uh, year 2014, I think. Yeah. He got it from yeah. his friend. It was his friend's wife's car. Okay. So, you know, someone it was... You know. Yeah, someone, yeah. you know, uh, only used for, you know, uh, recreational and, like, in the city kind of driving. It looked so good. Like, when my grandpa saw it, he just went, oh, it looks like from a factory. Like, you know, it looked great. And it had the full service history and everything. At first, I, what I wanted was an old van for little money, <laughs> little, like yeah, I yeah. wanted as little as possible. But he convinced me that I would sink so much money into a vehicle like that, that it's a much better idea to get something newer, something safe, pay more money and have it last me much longer. So I went with a car and it broke down three months later, irreparably. Oh my God. Yes. What happened leading up to the breakdown? Like, where did you get to? So, where did you start your journey and, and where did it end? Oh, well, um, so I started, so it went from Slovakia to Austria. So that's about 700 kilometers. I don't know, 500 miles, I think. And then I went on to France. On my way, I really wanted to see uh, the places that would be beneficial for my research, for my book, because I'm writing an, a historic novel. I stopped by in Reims. It's a beautiful city. And after that, uh, yeah, I went to the UK. And my plan was to just see everything I could in 
England and Scotland because during those seven years that I lived here, I have seen almost nothing of the country mm. because it was so very time consuming and expensive to travel and it, so much money and effort goes into that. So when you were on your way to England you had all these like dreams I suppose to like yeah, travel. Yeah. And, and what s- happened? Like did you manage to see anywhere? Or? I did. I did. So I arrived at Dover. I stayed at the cliffs for a few days. My cat loved the cliffs. My cat is a house cat, or at least he was for a very (laughs) long time, especially in London. He is a Maine Coon. Oh, wow. And yes, he's beautiful. But also, he was always kept inside. And when I took him with me, I was a bit concerned how he would react to it. If he was too afraid to go out, that car wasn't big enough for him. And he, if you did go out would he get lost uh would he would something happen to him fortunately he is a a dream it's great but he never shows up uh during the day he only shows up during the night so when the sun sets he comes back he comes to eat and socialize and cuddle me and all that i had to wait for him uh to come back home at night and just like trap him and drive away so yeah uh, and from then on, I went to Canterbury because mm-hmm. um, my novel is about Christopher Marlowe and he's from Canterbury. I really enjoy that area, Folkestone and all that, you know. And then I went up to Cambridge, also a research, a research area. Um, and I kept on going and I went to the Cotswolds. I searched, you know, for the most magical villages in the Cotswolds on Pinterest and just compiled a list of places I wanted to see. Oh, cool. Yeah. And what was it like? Oh, great. Some of them are absolutely stunning. Especially, <laughs> I love the, the names, Upper Slaughter and Lower Slaughter. They are beautiful. What else? Is uh, it like thatched cottages and stuff like that? Yes, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, those villages, all of them are very picturesque. Uh, But I think slaughters were just another level. They were so calm, so tranquil, just beautiful, you know. And it was beautiful weather. So, yeah, everything was very, very nice. And then then I went to see Cornwall. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I went through Exmoor, which... Oh my god, Exmoor is really worth seeing. Like, in the space of an hour, I passed four different, very different, very beautiful sceneries. It it started with this um, road through, I don't know what kind of flowers they are, these okay. yellow flowers. Gorse. Is it? It's on a thorny bush yes, and there's yeah, yellow yeah, yeah, flowers yeah. all over. That's gorse. Yeah, so these valleys and hills of uh, gorse and wild uh, horses. So beautiful. And then just a little bit up that hill, it opens up to, you know, to for the first time see the sea. Oh, lovely. And it's just stunning. And then... Just a little bit further on, you start to descend, and it's this beautiful forest. Like a, and then once you exit those, suddenly you're at the seaside, and you know you're descending down to this beautiful seaside town. Yeah, and that was my, that was how I entered the seaside, I suppose, uh, because then I just went all around, you know. I just tracked the sea around Cornwall. Uh, I went out, you know, down to Land's End and then the southern coast to uh, my ultimate destination. Oh, not ultimate destination. I knew I wanted to spend some time and it's been a dream of mine to get to Dartmoor. Mm-hmm. So that was my goal. And on the way to Dartmoor, I stopped by in Plymouth. Why was your dream to go to Dartmoor? I think it was the it's it's called Wistman's Wood. I think. Yeah, I know it. I've just seen pictures of it, like 
you know, years ago. And it just looked so magical, you know. it's That's where fairy stories are born, isn't it? It's just... So I really wanted to go there. And it's a famous place, you know. It's like an I, ancient woodland. I didn't yeah. even know that. Yeah. But, yeah, I knew that it would be... It was beautiful and, you know, and it's the moors. Uh, I don't even know what the moors are. I just... <laughs> it's, just it's just an English thing. It's the moors. Yeah. Uh, so I just wanted to see that. And, uh, yeah, on the way... I stopped by in Plymouth and I didn't even mean to go to Plymouth, to be honest, but I needed to fill up on diesel. <laughs> and and once I was in Plymouth, I was like, OK, well, it's night. I can just stay the night and tomorrow morning I can look around Plymouth. And I stayed at the, Mot uh, at the Mutton Cove car park which uh, is right by the sea and it's very beautiful how uh, did you find it oh through an app i think it was the iOverland app and yeah i stayed there overnight and then in, in the morning i just wanted to go usually when i'm in a city i just want to go to the old town because mm -hmm. you know i want to see the most beautiful part of the city it usually is the old town yeah which uh plymouth doesn't really possess I was let down by Plymouth, I feel. I didn't really see anything I wanted to, you know, stop by and see. Yeah. So I kind of just drove through and <laughs> didn't, didn't even, no, nothing. I just drove through Plymouth saying, I don't think I'm going to be back. No. <laughs> and I went to Dartmoor. And in Dartmoor, I spent a few days. I, you know, drove around. There were a few places I wanted to see, you know. I marked them on the map and I just wanted to see them and I knew again that I would spend several days in the Wistman's Wood. That day that I wanted to go there, yeah. I was driving and I wanted to find a place very close by where I could stay. And it was hard to find a place close enough, uh, walking distance from there. But finally I found one. It was this long, um, narrow road, very nice, with many very good laybys, you know. Um, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, where you can park, you know, on grass. And it was obvious that it was a spot where cars did go and they did stay there it wasn't muddy or anything um so i i went there i parked everything was fine so i stayed overnight and the next morning i decided that i wanted to walk to the wisman's wood and i didn't want to take the long the long path along the road i wanted to just cut straight through the moors i thought you know it would be an adventure Ten minutes into the into the cross, I was thinking, oh my god, this was a mistake. But I didn't want to go back because it would be another ten minutes. Why, what happened? So the moors there are basically, they're filled with these grassy mounds. You can either avoid them and step around them, mm -hmm. which is a great, you know, it's a, it's a workout. The problem is that then it gets close to the two rivers that that cross it and gets very wet oh. and then you have to step on the mounds which are not stable because they're just moss and grass oh, and okay. yeah that oh was God. more of, of a, a workout then i had to cross two rivers <laughs> and get to a finally i got to a, a very old uh, like a stone fence you know so i finally reached some you know that was that was ground that was stable ground, ground yes yeah. yeah, solid <laughs> ground and then i just hopped on that stone fence to a wood oh, i clever. found a wood and it had some roads through it and that was as well quite difficult to walk through i crossed that and finally i found a beautiful uh, stream with um you know all all those mossy moss covered trees lovely. and stones and it's yeah it was very lovely so i sat down there i wrote and i was really hungry i didn't expect that um how long at this point how long had you been on this like from the car to where you were how two many? hours i think oh my goodness. yes <laughs> i think it was like a mile <laughs> so yeah. it was that easy to cross <laughs> And I was really hungry. And there's this one, <laughs> this, there's this one pub. And I went there thinking they would have food. They didn't. They told me 
to just go to, uh, a, you know, the nearby town. I think that was Princetown. I was like, yeah. well, yeah, I'm not going to walk to Princetown. Uh, so I decided I'm just going to, you know, it's I'm too hungry to continue to go to the woods and then go back to my car. Yeah. I'm just going to go straight back to my car. So I went, the you know, the long way. Uh, <laughs> in All in all, I think it was like, Three to four hours until I finally reached a car. Oh, my God. When I was driving there and I, when I found a place to park, as I made my turn into the side road, I didn't notice a sign that said no vehicular access beyond this point apart from military vehicles. I was trespassing on the British Army territory. <laughs> So I thought, yeah, I'm just going to get to my car and I'm going to quickly drive away. You know, I'm going to get somewhere close or, or anywhere and tomorrow I'll see the woods. And that's when I found out that my car, even though it was still perfectly level on the ground, it had some issues reversing from that spot. I don't know why. And yeah, I got stuck. I got stuck so perfectly that I had to call a, a company. Um, they, uh, you know, they told me, yes, we can have a, a, a driver there uh, in an, in 90 minutes. Um, I asked, how much is it going to be? They said 325 oh pounds. And I thought, oh, God. But I've never used a service like that. Yeah. I didn't know the prices. Mm -hmm. As much as I could Google, nobody could tell me the no. exact price. So I thought it was a normal price and I was sad yeah. and I, I hated myself for making a mistake like yeah. that. But oh my God. yeah, but I thought, all right, well, there's no other way. So they, they told me to pay a deposit. They wanted me yeah. to pay 100 pounds plus VAT, which came up to 126 pounds yeah. in total. Then the driver came. He had another guy with him. It was Ryan, I remember. His mm. name was Ryan Simmons, I think. It took us an hour to get it out. It really? was, yeah. The car was basically stuck, mount, wheel, mount. Oh, okay. Finally, after like an hour, we got it out and finally pulled it out with the lorry. And I was so happy, finally. You know, it was... That was a long day. Uh, it was uh, the sun was setting. It was a beautiful sunset. I was, you know, I was joking about how it cost me three hundred pounds, but the sunset is so beautiful. And Ryan said, "Wait, what do you mean three hundred pounds?" I said, "Well, you know, three hundred. And he said, "I'm, I'm charging you one hundred and seventy." I said, "Yes, but your boss already told me to send him one hundred and twenty-six." And he said. That's not my boss. I have nothing to do with that guy. He just called me. So this dude, his entire business is to pretend because he told me his driver was on the way. He told me I'm the, I'm paying a deposit. The truth was I was paying him to call a company I could have oh called. Oh my God, that is unbelievable. Right? He was listed in Plymouth, if I just clicked on a different mark on the map right next to him, I would be calling Ryan. That is so cheeky. Yes. What? Yes. What? That can't be legal. Unfortunately, I think he's using some loopholes or something. Like a, yeah, I can yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, because he's That's technically, awful. technically he is providing a service, <laughs> but he lied about the service. Mm -hmm. So I'm still hell-bent on getting that money back. Yeah. And I told him, I was at first like, do you want to pay me the money back, please? At least 100. Keep yeah. the 26. I think that's just <laughs> about as much as you deserve. Even that is way too much, but okay. Yeah. No, he refused. He contacted Ryan. Ryan wouldn't pick up, so he sent him a text berating him for talking to me. Yeah. Telling yeah. him he's never going to use his services again. Yeah. And Ryan was like, yeah, okay, mate, fine. I don't need you. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, Ryan wanted to help me get the money back. Yeah. He was seriously such a nice guy. That's just horrible. Like, that's mm -hmm. just so dishonest. Yes, yeah. Um, and, you know, they're just preying on you because they know that you need yeah. the help. And then, finally, I thought, the day is over. I was tired. I just wanted to go find a place to park and sleep. 
I talked to the guys for a little while. We chatted and um, I finally got in the car and turned the engine on. And they were behind me. So I was kind of blocking them, which is, thank God. And I started on the road slowly and something didn't sound right and feel right. I just didn't like, yeah, I've never, never heard my engine sound like that. So I stopped. I let the engine run because I wanted to keep on hearing the thing. And I got out. So the guy stopped as well. They get out, told them something doesn't sound right. They start listening for it. They opened up the bonnet and that's when it died. The engine just died. And I, by that point, I've heard enough. And I said, I think I'm starting to have a bad day. <laughs> we couldn't figure out what was wrong. That's when I found out that Ryan's friend is a mechanic. But he couldn't find out. He said, I need a computer. I can't see anything wrong. I was so afraid that maybe we caused it. But they kept telling me, no, it couldn't have been caused by this. Finally, you know, there was nothing we could do. So they called up. A garage. They thought that was a Slovak garage in Plymouth. It wasn't. It was a Romanian guy, obviously. <laughs> but um, yeah, they thought, oh, you know, we should be. Uh, so uh, they're less likely to uh, basically fuck you over <laughs> and call them. And they were still there, so they were like, okay, we're gonna get you to Plymouth for free. We're going there anyway. We're gonna tow you for free. So like, so nice. Yeah. They got, they, you know, towed me to the garage. They pushed the car in, like everything great. I stayed the night uh, outside the garage. You know, everybody kept saying it's probably a small issue. Nope, it was the worst case scenario. My engine is dead and I need a new engine. But the engine with the labor, I was quoted minimum £4,000. I don't have £4,000. I was also told that because this is something these Kias, Kia Sorentos, especially this year, they are on the list of the most unreliable cars out there. I was told straight up it was a bad buy. <laughs> so even if I replaced that engine and tried to drive it to Slovakia, I was straight up told there is no guarantee that won't happen again. And if I sell a car like that and I provide any kind of contract, I can be sued if it happens to them. And then I asked my uncle, did you have a contract with the guy that you bought it from? He did not. So unfortunately, the fact that he didn't do that and he didn't cover himself and therefore me does make me angry with him. Yeah, of course. And now... We have decided that he will buy that car back off of me, mm -hmm. but for much less money. I paid 16,000 euros mm -hmm. for the car, paid it directly to him. He has agreed to buy it back for 9,000. And I have to get it to Slovakia. We haven't really worked out who pays for that. Yeah. I'm hoping he is, because that's another thousand pounds. Yeah. Um, to be towed back yes i'm so sorry uh, that's happened yeah that is a, such a lot of money to lose yes. the engine was messed up how did you end up in mutton cove ryan ryan simmons guys <laughs> if you ever need towing services in or near plymouth call ryan simmons i can't stress this enough this dude is so nice i messaged him and he told me you know he offered you know i'll just i'll just tow you off anywhere in plymouth so that's why i knew because i stayed at that car park before i knew there was a free car park mm -hmm. that was next to the seat was a nice location that's how i ended up there he told me off oh, what an angel. yes yes he was really nice that's where i am and i've been there for i'm not good with time i'm time blind because of adhd i think three weeks i would have to check to be honest it's been a few weeks yeah and um yeah it's not it's not the greatest place just because i don't like that it's very public it's a public mm. car park if the sun is out and shiny and i'm in the car 
I have to open up the trunk, well, the boot, the, you know, anything I can, and then everybody can see into my bed. I don't mind being stuck in one place because, I mean, most people are stuck in one place. They have houses. <laughs> um, that's okay. I just, I would prefer it to be, um, you know, removed from public. Private. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. not completely isolated, mm -hmm. but not in the face of everybody. Do you feel like devastated or are you just like, okay, this has happened. I'm going to make the best of it. Or like, mm -hmm. how are you feeling? I felt devastated at first. The first day I was actually at the library. So I left the car, you know, I spent the night outside. Then we pushed it inside the garage and I thought it would be best if I just leave. You do your thing. I'm not going to stand around and ask you questions. I'm just going to leave. I went to a library, I had Malcolm with me, and I was charging up my things, and I was reading another, you know, history book uh, for research, and I got a call, and he gave me this, this devastating news, and I had a full-on meltdown, and yeah, I had to be like, uh, several of the librarians were around me, like, oh, don't, don't worry, you know, <laughs> that day was very hard. I cried so much. I cried. I, I tried to cry myself out before mm -hmm. I go there because I didn't want to be. I didn't want them to think that I'm faking something. I don't know why I didn't felt like that. But yeah, I went there. Didn't help. I cried again. I cried like a little baby. I mean, I didn't do it for that, but they let me go off without paying for diagnostics, which was like forty pounds. Aww. Which was That's very nice, really of nice of them. Oh yeah, they were very nice. Then I had the next day, you know, I needed time and I knew that. Yeah. Um yeah. So the next day I cooled off and I started to think. And still it didn't look very nice for me, very good. But at the end of the day, I still have a place to live. Yes, it's just a car, but I'm comfortable in it. I have everything I need in it. I'm not going to be kicked out because I can't pay rent for it. In it's yours. Exactly. Even if it's broken, it's Exactly. Yours. As long as nobody's kicking me out of that car park, I can just live. And I'm living next to the sea. In a lovely place. Beautiful yeah. place where people probably pay a lot in rent to live in a, such a beautiful place. Yeah, and maybe it's also good for me because, because of ADHD, I have the constant need to change things, to move, to do something. And I was running around like a headless chicken. I, I covered like 5,000 miles in two months. I couldn't stay at a single place. I constantly needed, to be honest, I wasn't on meds. So it's different. I didn't have the dopamine that my medication provides. So I constantly chased a, a change, constantly changed that dopamine. And it's good for me to relax for a while, stay put and work on oh my, my stuff. God. I spent so much time driving around and, you know, walking around and exploring things, which is all great. I didn't really sit down to write and I felt guilty. This is also why I am on the road, because I decided my life until this point or until I quit my job in London was about getting to a place where I would be happy one day, getting to a place where one day I can do what makes me happy and until then I will have to do a lot of things that don't. So do you think that breaking down has like forced you to live in the present more? Yes. Or Yeah. So you've been diagnosed with ADHD which stands for Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder? Is I think right? so, yeah. But, I mean, there's quite a lot of people, of professionals, as well as people who, um, um, quote-unquote, suffer from it, um, that it's a bad name. Oh, <laughs> ADHD. Really? Oh, yes, yeah. The disorder is named by what it looks like and not what it's like for oh, the person who has it, yes. Because we seem... Uh, inattentive and hyperactive. The truth is, we have too much tension. Our attention goes on to everything. If I'm talking to you and there's a dog and I notice the dog and I say, oh dog, that's not that I don't pay attention to you anymore and I'm, you know, it might be, but it's more like I paid attention to the world 
and then a dog entered the world. And I really love dogs. And I'm gonna tell you there's a dog. Many people have real issues with hearing everything, experiencing everything, you know, all the sensations at once, because normally a person is supposed to tune unimportant stimuli out. ADHD people have issues with that. We just feel everything all at once. <laughs> it's And it's also a disorder of regulation, especially emotional regulation. We have a very strong emotions, especially uh, we tend to struggle with anger issues. We don't tend to thrive in schools and in societal systems. We really benefit from routine, but we are horrible at keeping up a routine. <laughs> so it's, you know, even though we benefit from certain ways of routine, we don't fit into the societal structures, mm -hmm. um, these um, cake-cutting, cake-cutter labels and all that we tend to be very you know what they call weirdos and artsy and whatever i question everything i think about everything and that's another reason you know we because we question everything we get very frustrated adhd when untreated leads to anxiety depression eating disorders eh, so much because it's not just being hyperactive our brains uh in adhd we are not getting enough dopamine and um and all those other neurotransmitters that have a much more complicated names it's much easier to just remember dopamine yeah dopamine is needed for basically everything it's needed for executive functions of the brain so for example, some of many, task initiation, mm -hmm. motivation, arousal, and I don't just mean sexual, but arousal as in when you arise to do something, you know, arousing right. all, it's, uh, yeah. all, all of that, but also sexual. It's in so many things. So we, when we don't get that dopamine, we can't function properly. Then we get into this cycle of wanting to do things, but having absolutely no motivation to do things. Mm -hmm. And life becomes really tiresome because you, imagine life where you don't feel excited about anything. Everything you do is taxing. You just go through life struggling. It doesn't seem that way because it's not physical, but it's very mentally draining. And you never know until you experience it otherwise. I had no idea. When I started taking medication, at first, I thought it's not really doing much. I actually told my psychiatrist, I was like, after a week, I think the side effects are just not worth the efforts. I don't. And then I went off them and I realized, is this what real life has always been? This is ridiculous this is so hard i'm getting distracted and wanting to do things and starting them and at the same time wanting to stop doing it because it's not giving me enough pleasure that's something that the uh medication i take stimulants i take elevans they are stimulants and they do exactly what we need they raise our dopamine levels when i take my medication i just feel content and that is the most amazing thing when i don't take them uh, there's been a lot of negative stigma about how oh you know all these kids are being described prescribed these meds and they mm. get addicted that's not really it i have never felt um any signs of addiction i've gone without the medication for weeks sometimes months at a time it's not anything that i feel because i'm not on the medication not any physical signs so when i'm without my medication for about a month that's when it starts to really grain on me because of not because i want physically to you know experience any kind of high i don't get any kind of high from those medications i just get so angry at myself for not functioning when you wake up and it's been a month since you last felt any satisfaction or any motivation to do something all you want to do is go back to sleep. 
And then, of course, because you're not doing anything, you don't really use up energy, you can't really sleep. So you don't have a regime anymore. And suddenly you're sleeping during the day and you don't see the sunshine, depression sets in, and all of that slowly eats at you. So, yeah, I love my medication. (laughs) And and I, I actually wrote articles on my blog about how much I love medication but it's mostly about the stigma of it and explaining and especially explaining to people I would never force anybody to take medication but I would like to let people know that it's okay to try it out and you know if the medication doesn't work for you that's okay as well it doesn't work for everybody everybody with ADHD is different but it's okay to try because it's not going to have any long-term negative effects Mm -hmm. on you you know if you try for a week you're not going to get addicted to them your life's not going to change when you're not on them Mm -hmm. you are just trying them out and many people try them out Mm -hmm. and don't see the benefit and Mm -hmm. stop taking them and, you know, that's just it. But the thing is, it's not, you know, it's your experience that yeah. has helped. So you, it's it's right for you to share that. So if anyone listening feels like they might have ADHD, what is the diagnosis process? Getting a diagnosis is really easy. Basically, you call your GP. You say, I think I have ADHD. They will ask you some guiding questions to find out if you have a basis for that. Mm -hmm. And if they find out that actually, yes, that look like maybe you might, they will refer you to a specialist. And the specialist, again, children get to have tests and fun things to do, like play and stuff, but that's because they're children. If you're an adult, you will just have a conversation and the psychiatrist will ask you a lot of questions engage by your answers whether or not you might have ADHD. I want people to know that it's not a disorder for children and it's not a disorder that you are too late to benefit from a diagnosis. It's very easy, it's quite straightforward and I I recommend it. So you've got a blog, haven't you? Yes. So when I first decided that I wanted to full-time live in a van or a car, unfortunately now a car but you know I thought okay well I'll try to make money (laughs) and people usually blog about this and a lot of people every time I said it you know uh, every time I mentioned what I want to do everyone would say either oh have a YouTube uh, you know YouTube YouTube channel or have a blog so I decided okay I'll have a blog um, and I thought it would be mostly about traveling yeah travel blog because what else But everything I wanted to write about and every experience I had with van life tied back to my ADHD. Because the reason I was so miserable trying to live a normal life was my ADHD. Yeah, and my life has been about ADHD a lot since the diagnosis. Also because I have a brother who's now 12 and he was diagnosed because he is a really serious case of ADHD. Like it's uh, it's quite a lot. It was such a giant part of my life and it still is. Yeah, I just, uh, my blog, first I called it ADHD on wheels not really expecting to be uh, making so much content about ADHD. But I found that there's a lot that I can say. I have done a lot of independent research, but that doesn't make me an expert. All opinions are my own. (laughs) But I still found that I had a lot to say about it. I'd love to reach parents of children who have ADHD because It is so difficult to understand why your child does something. Maybe I can get to speak to a lot more parents and explain that as well and maybe offer that perspective of of that child. So I'm hoping, yeah, to offer that perspective and it's not expertise at all, but it's... um, it's your lived experience yes. and your perspective. Well, you've definitely educated me. Oh, I'm good. <laughs> so if anyone would like to find your blog and yes. learn about your life and maybe hear a little bit about Malcolm and yeah, yeah. Cat, what's it called and where can they find yeah, you? Yes, so it's very easy. Uh, the web address is adhdonwheels.com. 
I'll keep on updating it and uh, if you want to see how this uh, story turns up, if you want to find out, you know, where I go from here, yeah, I'd love to have more readers. It would be great. I'd love to reach more people. And as I said, it's it's about ADHD, but it's also about traveling. It's about van life. It's about how I live in a car, especially how I survive full time in a relatively small car. So yeah, all of that and more, plus a cat named Dog and a rat named Malcolm. Come on. A hundred percent. I'm glad we haven't talked too much about the animals because I want people to be really curious. Because that'll get people curious. They'll yeah. be like, oh my God, she's got a pet rat. Like, where can I find out more? Oh, that's yeah. amazing. Thank you so much, Thank Lou, you for coming on the podcast. It's Thank you been for having me. It was such great. a pleasure. Like, I'm absolutely delighted that we met and that I can share your story. I'm and so glad. Yeah. yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. I love being here. It was a lot of fun. I've got an update for you guys. Obviously, as I had my little laptop failure, this episode was recorded a couple of weeks ago. And since then, Blue made a lot of friends while she was living in the car park. And one of them owned a boat. So she actually moved in temporarily to the boat. And she's off to a farm to start work. The car's going to get towed to the farm and she's going to be working there. And then she's going to try and work out how to get her car back to Slovakia. So I'll keep you guys updated on how that goes. Thanks for listening to She's at the Wheel Van Life Podcast. You can find She's at the Wheel on Instagram and Facebook. And if you want to write to me, it's she's at the wheel at gmail.com. If you have a spare minute, please rate She's at the Wheel Van Life podcast five stars on iTunes as this helps other people find this podcast. See you next episode. I've got to get away, start again, find a brand new day. So much for me to find